I'm damaged, but I'm not broken at the end of the day, right? <sighs> no, it's great to be back here. And the reason why I'm here is because I will create change in this division. I was the revolution here, and I'm gonna be the revolution because I am the revolution. Look what we have here, guys. Another shiny new toy. We've seen them come, we've certainly seen them go. But until you actually earn some respect around here, all you are is a catchphrase. Unlike myself, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I didn't even put my neck on the line for All Elite Wrestling, and unlike yours, mine's actually strong enough to handle it. your house, right? And you made such a big impact that half the people in this room don't even know how to say your name. What do we got here? What do we got, ladies? Soraya, 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 sis. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going to stop you right there because it's really cute. You, of all people, are trying to make fun of my name. Well, doctor, your name rhymes <laughs> you know, he liked to hide behind the inner circle, behind the pinnacle. Right now, he's hiding behind the fern. You know what? He likes hiding behind the fern, hiding behind the fern, hiding behind the fern, hiding behind the fern, hiding behind the fern. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name is Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything about him. <laughs> the only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh! Oh! Oh, jinx! Holy shit! How did that actually happen? Here we go. Good Wrestling Day! It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast, here at noon, and here, ready with another 
jam-packed show as we like to bring you each and every week whether you're listening on itunes spotify podbean amazon music pandora youtube facebook twitter and instagram I'm ready for this week's show. I'm jacked up. This week we got some news. We got Bring It to the Table. We got the Monday Night Wars with Bad Blood. And we, man, we got a whole lot that we're going to be going over. But ladies and gentlemen, we can't do so unless my man is here. ODM. ODM. Rip him, brother. Don't call it a comeback. Hit the music. The bills make me want to shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. made a butthole clench. I don't know about you. That's exactly what I texted to my son. He was at work. He sent me a text after they won. I go, that one puckered up my butthole. <laughs> that hey, was did something. Did you listen to the show last week? I did. I did. <laughs> Thankfully, you don't have to play that music again. But no, did the kids play that? Uh, I'm sorry, did the kids listen to the show last oh, week? Oh, I have no idea. One of them... Oh, yeah, I know. I said something inappropriate that they probably wouldn't want to hear. <laughs> there was something. Oh, you guys got a new baby brother <laughs> on the way. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> no. That's a negative. Okay. Hey. Look at last week. When I, when I look at our doc and what we have to talk about each week and things we're going to be bringing up, you know, I always have to make sure we're going to mention what's going on with the fantasy draft. And... Usually it's just the same thing every week. It says, same as it ever was. Well, we'll be damned. Someone figured out the game a little bit, and man, ODM, you got knocked into second place. I know. It's amazing. Well, Sunshine's on a dog's ass. It was kind of the lesser version of your Wardlow squash. I'm assuming he had Adam Page, who won the Battle Royal. He did. Okay, that's what it was. So that's not sustainable, and... uh you know, I, I'll tell you what, as long as they don't, I, that's two reasons I hope they don't put the title on Hangman Page now. Uh, one, because it's a shitty decision, and two, it's going to give them more points. But, I mean, listen, you and I are actually tied now, and we're, what, four points well, behind him? Something like that? Yeah, I think six, I think at best. And it's funny because, yeah, we're tied for second. I made my way up, and we're right on his ass. So, it's uh, you could say it's any man's game. Um, and it's funny because congrats to... Tiger and Flamingo. They got uh, engaged this past weekend, but we were missing Rampage results, SmackDown results. And I was like, hey, being engaged in love is cool, all, but you still got to be a commissioner over here and run <laughs> yeah, this shit. I need right. to know where my points are at. <laughs> but no, nah, it, it was cool for them. Um, but did you see the tweet that he he did to Tony Khan? That who did? <laughs> Tiger. He did not. Oh, bro, you got to check this out. I'm pull up the phone here real quick. Yeah, uh, so he did a tweet and added TK saying, I have an idea. What do you think about doing a draft and making ROH Rampage? Motherfucker, you think you're the first person with that idea? Let me guess. You think Bray Hmm. Wyatt is possibly behind White Rabbit? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it could be. I no. I, how many times have we? I think we've even talked about that, or maybe Nightwing did. A draft for sure, and making ROH on its own thing. I know I definitely said it at least once, and I think Nightwing definitely said it a couple of times. It's it's hysterical. I just I laughed at that, and I wanted to be like, "That's a good idea, man." But that was eight months ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, needless to say, uh, nobody has liked or commented on that tweet. So <laughs> I guess Even Tony's not going to fiance. <laughs> Tony's not. <laughs> Cold blooded. <laughs> oh man. Um, did you happen to see uh the the joke of Dark Side of the Ring, the upcoming fourth season? No. Like somebody did like a parody it, or something? Yeah, it was hysterical. It was just basically all funny events that like are not even half real. And I was like, I kind of want to see this like a good parody version of, of this now. Cause since we're not going to get the real thing, now we're going to get the dark side of the territories or whatever. Nah. Yeah. I actually saw an ad for that today. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's called dark side. I think it's called stories from the territories or something on uh, Cornette's most recent episode. I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, they're talking to the guys that produce Dark Side of the Ring. And apparently Cornette's involved with some stuff that they're doing. So I think there's more to it than just that. So uh, hopefully uh, by next week I'll have actually finished listening and we can report on it. Well, let me ask you this. How cool is it that today we'll actually get to talk about Cornette and it doesn't have to be a weekly Cornette reference? Well, it kind of is a weekly Cornette reference. <laughs> or it will become... <laughs> It will become true. That. <laughs> Basically, it will become his podcast. Yeah, pretty um, much. I, yeah, oh, we'll, dude. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> so, in news, go ahead. Take it away. All right. Michael. Well, I mean, the biggest one, uh, you know, the wrestling world was saddened uh, to learn of the passing of Coolio. Um, obviously, very. No, I'm just kidding. Coolio did pass away, but that's Wait, not what's tell the wrestling me, world. <laughs> tell me. Why are we so blind to see? Are you done? Well, wait. If you're gonna say that, then hang on. And it makes me wonder. To the bottom of the news. If you want to bring up Coolio, uh, did you? Did anybody happen to read Virgil's heartfelt tweet to Coolio? Hang on. I'm gonna read it for you. Man, Coolio, my brother. We hit it all across the land, man. I'm broken about this. Here's some blonde begging us for some meat sauce. R.I.P. My bro. <laughs> <laughs> for some meat sauce. <laughs> Virgil's so full of. Sh- <laughs> Who's more full of shit, him or Hulk Hogan? It's funny that you say that because someone wrote, uh, "Who gets cringiest." tweet of the year Virgil or Marty Jannetty because Marty has a couple of uh, <laughs> questionable ones as of recent too um all right that's all I had to bring up about Coolio we'll get serious about someone that passed go ahead no absolutely a fucking a legend a legend and legend in the world of wrestling I don't think anybody can uh can speak out against that uh, Antonio Inoki passed away uh, 12-time world champion the first ever IWGP champion uh, responsible for a lot of humanitarian causes um, and a lot of involvement with uh, MMA, uh, like Pride. Um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I think we've talked about it before. If you really want to, like, boil it down for somebody who doesn't really know anything about wrestling, it's a mixture of Vince McMahon 
and Hulk Hogan, but being a good person. <laughs> <laughs> That's what um, the and he also brought peace like with countries. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he you know had I mean? like he had like six Japanese press uh, prisoners of war released or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he did the the peace uh, trip to North Korea with WCW. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we've been seeing his health had been uh, declining as of recent because I noticed that he'd been in a wheelchair in the last year. Mm-hmm. Every time you see him in any form of an appearance, uh, somehow someone put up a, a video just today, and they're like, Anoki was the was the real boss." Did you know Doc Gallows was in the middle of a match in New Japan? Look this up if you guys want. And it was stinking the joint up so much. Antonio Noki comes out, full suit, red scarf, pissed off, starts yelling and pointing at the ring, slamming a chair up against the barricade and telling them to both go to the back. <laughs> not, not a real... Or not a uh, scripted moment. And Doc Gallows, he said that was a turning point in his career because for him, he realized I have to get myself in not like better uh, shape body-wise, but ring condition and and be better at my skill and my craft if I'm going to work here in Japan with the rest of these guys. And now look at Gallows was there for years uh, with Carl Anderson. So, dude, could you imagine that? I'm like... It, it, but the funniest thing is someone wrote, well, at least he didn't tear his quads on the way to the ring. Well, <laughs> I thought you were going to make the joke. <laughs> I thought you were going to nah, make He was joke. actually really pissed off and stopped a match in the middle of it. Dude, that's... Wow. I would... What's sad is I could see Tony feeling like he's on the uh, the power trip enough to do that. All of a sudden, oh, I'm wow. going to stop this match right here. That definitely helps. Yeah, he was also kind of a... Uh, Nakamura was kind of like his prodigy. Yeah. You know? Man, so it definitely a, a big loss to the entire wrestling industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now, the next two I'll quickly just t- uh, touch base on here if you want. Um, Juice Robinson is officially a free agent. You probably heard them mention that a couple of times in his match against John Moxley on Dynamite. And... Apparently, Tony Khan is pretty high on Juice as well as Bandito, who is in the main event against Chris Jericho, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes. Of course he's high on them. They're the two new shiniest toys, and Mm -hmm. I should hurry up and scoop them up. And they're from New Japan and Ring of Honor, so even better. Juice, to be honest with you, his charisma, I actually think he would do well if he was allowed to be on the main roster in WWE. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I'm not saying a world champion caliber, sure, but sure. Intercontinental or U.S. champ? Definitely. No, I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's hard for me because you know, in in my head, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about the way that he cuts promos in New Japan currently, and he's very free with his language to say the least. And I don't think a lot of that would get by on WWE TV. So I wonder how. I think you're right. He has the charisma to get past that. Right and still, and I think anybody has the charisma to stop swearing. Yeah, sure, but but does it take away from what makes you you? You know what I mean. Some people just can just go out there and swear, and that's all they do. And people like that. You take that away, they got nothing. Uh, I don't think Juice Robinson's that person. Uh, again, I'm just trying to envision it in my head. But I think you're right. He does have the charisma that he could easily work with that. Yeah. 
Um, go ahead, read on with the news, and I'll fill in where I need to. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, DX is going to be reuniting. Well, that's everybody with the exception of Billy Gunn. Uh, Sean Waltman actually in an interview said something about like maybe a couple months ago, a few months ago, that there might have been a chance they could get him, but now it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Maybe that's just him being optimistic. I don't know. But apparently, WWE is preparing for the crowd to chant Daddy Ass or Scissor Me Daddy <laughs> Ass when DX reunites. So it's going to be interesting. Now, me personally. I no- hope they do the Seven Nation Army Scissor Me Daddy chant. I think what I think is going to happen, I think they're going to get in the ring. And Triple H is in charge now. So I think D- I think Triple H and Sean are going to scissor each other. Oh, God, you're right. Yep. They're they not just, they're not going to hide it. You call the joke out first. Yep. They're not they're not going to hide from it either. When is uh, this supposed to be? Is it? It's not this past Monday, which you know while we're recording. Yeah, we probably would have seen something about uh, the reunite. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I got, I got to find, I got to find out here because I mean, it's their fifth hundred and seventy eighth reunion. Come on, man. I can't <laughs> yeah, miss each I one know, of them. Right, it is. Um, I don't know, man. Like uh, you know, it, thank God for the notes here because I, I need to remember to watch uh, Extreme Rules for several reasons. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get into that. Yeah. Um, the last piece of news I'll just touch on here, and I want to see if you are at least on the uh, the same page as me. Booker T feels that Sasha Banks and Naomi broke tradition by walking out. What tradition? Yeah, that was going to be my first question. So my question, well, here's where I go with this, okay? Your tradition, Austin walked out, Punk walked out, Warrior threatened to walk out. And then right? it's not the first. Yeah, right. Do you know what this is? It's the first women to say fuck you ah. to Vince and the system. Yeah. It's the first and that's and he's saying, You broke tradition. Yeah, because every girl did yeah, 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 whatever you need me to do. Pillow fight, uh, lingerie fight, whatever you need me to do, whatever you need me to do. Now, guys want wrestling from women. Actually, we really like Sasha Banks, and she has that credibility to walk off and say you guys need me more than I need you. Mm-hmm. So, Booker, that is what that's why I have an issue with so much of Booker's mindset is he's way too thrown in the back day back days of seventies and eighties. And it, it, what tradition was broken other than it was a woman this time? I don't even you know I I don't think he I, I don't view Booker as being stuck like like Cornet is. Right for me, he's just a corporate man. So this is just a hot take to take WWE side. That's all it is to me. He okay, is fair. He's you know he's got to be at the teat so he can keep that ring. It's fair. So, all right. Last year, a post just came up. It was a memory on my on my uh, social media. Last year, we said. This weekend, we're getting real geared up because it's WWE regular rules, pay-per-view. Because <laughs> it was a shit show, right? Nothing good was on there. Yeah. How much do you want to watch the show this year? Uh, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm scared that Morgan's going to lose the title, which is going to hurt me in fantasy. But other than that, I'm excited. Yeah, I was going to say, other than fantasy points, I'm happy with everything that's happening here. This is the first time. From the beginning of the card to the very end, that has all been named so far. Six matches. 
that I am genuinely looking forward to each and every one of them. Mm -hmm. Storytelling between multiple of the matches. Um, I'll run down first. We we already mentioned it before, but the fight pit is back, and now we have a new addition to it with a special referee. So you got Matt Riddle taking on Seth Rollins. I did hear there's possibilities dropping freaking. <laughs> Not sure if that if there's weight to that one. Um, but is it uh Daniel Cor- Cormier is the Cormier? Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, that's who the special ref is. It's a nice little way to bring him in, considering his history with Brock and everything. No, definitely. And, I mean, again, he's a name. Like, you know, some people that don't aren't familiar with MMA might not. As a, I don't watch a lot of MMA, but I definitely know who the fuck that is. Dude, I'm excited for this because we talked about the, the fight pit multiple times when we, when we had the first two matches, Thatcher and Riddle and then uh, Champa and Thatcher. This... I think could be really good. I don't know how Rollins is going to perform in this, but I think it, it could be really decent. Then you got what now here's the thing. Do you think the strap match is what's main eventing? Man, that's a good question. Um, we don't have a world title on the line unless you're going to let the women do it. And I don't see no either women's matches. No way. The Rousey Morgan could. Well, okay, so I'm going to go two ways about this. And I'm just going to jump ahead because we're going to talk. We're just, it's the fucking rabbit. It's got to be the rabbit, right? Right. So whatever the main event is, is going to have to do something with it. And honestly, I know I said it's going to be Killer Cross or Carrying Cross, whatever he's called these days. Uh, honestly, man, I, I think it's got to be Bray. I, I really think it's got to be Bray. So to me, it would only make sense to have it be the Cross-McIntyre fight or the Edge-Balor fight because, you know, you got the whole demon aspect. You got the edge, you know, Judgment Day, all that stuff. Um, but that would be like really transparent because that's not a main event match on this, especially on this card. So I'll go with the strap. This is match. a Saturday night, by the way. Yeah, they've been doing How that. How weird is that? Yeah, they've been doing that. I think they're, I think they're starting to realize some things. So. <laughs> oh my God! People are actually more excited to watch our show when it's not a Sunday night <laughs> going till midnight. Exactly right. The only people who are absolutely fine with it. Or the West Coast, because it starts at 5 o'clock for them. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to lie. I kind of liked it when I was out there. Yeah, right. I used to start recording this podcast at 1 in the afternoon. (laughs) So, all right. I think Strap Match, Cross, McIntyre, that is going to be the main event. Yeah. Um, Then you have Extreme Rules with Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan. So help me God if somehow Liv Morgan. Look, I, I, I was a fan. I liked it when she won. But the just scaping, by, uh, getting out of each match, yeah, very like thin. Nah, it's over. I've seen enough of it. Either bring some offense or hand it over to Rousey, because then you could get a Rousey Baszler feud. They're on the same brand. Right, right. It writes itself. A lot of these things do. Yeah. No, that makes sense. The I Quit match you mentioned with Edge and Baylor. Mm-hmm. The only reason I don't think uh, why it shows up there is because I think. Uh, Nothing really to do with Edge, I don't think. I think it would be out of left field. Not bad, but it would be okay to work with. But the Baylor and him thing, done too many times. We've seen it a couple of times now. I think like two SummerSlams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, we'll get to more about that when I uh, when we get to the table. Okay. Um, the match, uh, a ladder match between Bailey and Bianca Belair, I think that has a lot of potential. 
I'm excited about that one. Definitely. I think uh, since Bailey's been back, she shows that she's probably one of the most, most charismatic uh, women's wrestlers. Um, Tell me it doesn't show she was missed, man. And, yeah, and she's still fantastic in the ring. I still hate that heel finisher that she does that weird thing. But aside from that, she still can go. She's still one of the best. Here are your two best people, one from each uh, brand right now. Bailey is your most compelling thing to watch each week each week on Raw as of right now. Sami Zayn stole SmackDown. Oh yeah. He's he's a he I'm not saying he's a bigger star than Roman Reigns, but he has put himself on the map. And all I want to say is everybody's like, who's he gonna drop the title to? We've not actually used Sammy's name, but dude oh God. <laughs> I would be okay with it. No. We'll get there another in another minute. Um but look at that. The Usos, Sammy, and Roman, none of them are involved in the uh this pay per view. Right. Maybe on the fly somehow this week we get Usos, Solo, and Sammy against four other guys. Who knows? Because I mean there's only six matches here. For a Saturday night, if you want to actually give me a long card, that's the time to do it. Yeah, and but, uh, they might throw uh, Usos and Solo on the pre-show. Right. I actually wouldn't mind seeing a trios match. Just those three together. No Sammy. He could be in the corner, but a good trios match with them and whoever. Um, but the match that is, I already think is going to steal the show is the good old-fashioned Donnybrook. Imperium versus Brawling Brutes. You can't tell me that thing is not going to be a fucking awesome match. Oh, it has a potential for sure. I mean, Sheamus has kind of revitalized his career, even with that stupid hat and coat. Um, you know, he's he's fucking on fire. He can still go. Uh, we get to see Pete Dunne, which is great. Um, Ridge Holland, you know, you know, aside from almost killing Big E, you know, it definitely has some potential. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser Sozi. <laughs> that's the Imperium side. But, yeah, and then no, Imperium. I, yeah, and with yeah. – with, with, Gunther, which I see they capitalize his entire name now. Yeah. <laughs> Some things just <laughs> stick around. <laughs> Who knows? So now that match, or I'm sorry, that pay-per-view is Saturday night. Great news. We'll be able to talk about it next week with you. Next week, while we uh, tend to record, or uh, we, we tend to record on Mondays, earlier that day, we should have just figured out the end of New Japan's Declaration of Power. That night, we are going to have Kazucho Okada taking on Jonah, which is the former uh, Bronson Reed. Yep. Which I heard WWE was putting feelers out to him. Hmm. Stay what you're doing right now. Stay in New Japan. You're doing you. You're so much better utilized there. It's just a giant big guy who can move. Right. They give him like twenty minute matches. And you're going against the king this week. <laughs> um, but as I've already talked about is the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship match, which is Jay White defending against Tama Tonga. I can only hope that next week I can be telling you guys that Tonga did this, man. But it's Declaration of Power. That is October 10th. So like 3 a.m. on Monday morning if you guys want to watch it. We had another return this week, man. Candice LeRae came back. How about that? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I know. That one was like... Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to save the, the top line here 
just, you know, this is kind of just me and you. Everybody else is like, why do they have to talk about things like this off air? Uh, top line, we'll leave last. Okay. Bandito versus Jericho. Let's talk about Bandito's slowest wrestling match of all time because of who he had to face. Hmm. Chris Jericho. No wonder it was the slowest. And, I, I, yeah. And said Jericho connected with a solid punch right to Bandito's face. And I'll, there's those times where I'm like, I watched people whiff a, pun, uh, a punch, and I'm like, well, that was noticeable. Mm-hmm. Then there's one that goes, bam, right to someone's face, and Bandito's white mask yeah. ended up turning pretty pink pretty quick. Yeah, that was the fucked up thing, seeing it like that. Yeah, that had to suck, not being able to breathe through But he still a... put on a really good performance. No, he did, and I think we can expect that of Bandito. Um, man, fucking AEW, the land of the broken noses. That's wow. That's true. It's very true. Um, we already talked about Moxley and Robinson just a little bit. Moxley did defeat him in the World Title Eliminator. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. They brought their feud over from New Japan, where they bite each other in the heads, take real hard <laughs> hits on each other. Someone bleeds. I, that's I, it. I will say I did like the finish. Oh, finish was solid. Yeah, got him right in that armbar, and two seconds later he tapped. It might not have even been two seconds. It was great, and 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 commentary actually did their job. They're like, yeah, you get once you get that on fully, you're it's done, it's over. It's that's Taz. That's yeah. Taz. Yep, good that's call. where Taz comes in handy on commentary. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that was solid. Um, it absolutely was. Now MJF and Wheeler Yuta are going to continue their feud along <laughs> now. This has been apparently going on for a long time. I started doing a little searching on YouTube. They have multiple matches that stem back multiple years. Uh, I would say to, I think it was, I just lost the name of the wrestling promotion, but the only difference is Wheeler didn't have a beard. Yeah, yeah. MJF mentioned it in the promo. He said something like, "We've been, we've, we've been fight. You know, we've had matches for many years on the Indies, something like that." Did you see the tweet he put out about Wheeler Yuta? Or I guess there was a tweet from a long time ago that resurfaced that Wheeler Yuta is so drunk he just came into my hotel room and is making me watch whatever wrestling match. Oh, God. Who was it? I saw. Oh, God. What the fuck was it? <laughs> Wait. Um, viscera. <laughs> viscera matches. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm okay with this feud because it really is them wanting to work with each other. That's cool. And people are like, yeah, but Wheeler's not on his level. Not yet, maybe, but hey. It, it, I mean, look at the guys that he's beat along the way and made fun of him. And, and, you know what I mean? Like, Darby's nowhere higher than he was after facing MJF, but he had a great match and a good feud with him. Probably Darby's best feud. This could be a good start for Yuta. My only great part is probably what you heard in the... Uh, the promo is when he was talking and his voice cracked. I oh, it was so terrible. Hard. It was just so bad timed that it, it was like, ah! and I was like, <laughs> hey guys. I'm like, I need MJF to make fun of that. <laughs> uh, we got another cuckold club, but here's one thing I want to mention. Have you noticed that each week MJF keeps saying something to Tony Schiavone? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. What is it? Tony, you fat old prick. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it reminds me of? What's that? 
Gran Torino. <laughs> when he goes into the barber shop, can I get a haircut, you fat old prick? Like, and it, when he keeps saying it like that, it just reminded me of it so much. I, he's like, hey, Tony, you fat old prick. <laughs> okay, let me ask you. How do you pronounce Paige's name? Saraya, Saraya. I thought it was Saraya. Yeah. And we spent all last week... Fucking scratch that. The commentators last week, yeah, or two weeks ago when she came there, said, Soraya. This week is Soraya, 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 Soraya. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Well, so much to the point that, all right, she came out. She started strong. I was the revolution. Boom. Good start. I like it. Where are we going? And then I don't know if she lost her promo or she lost confidence, or what. But it went downhill, and then Britt Baker came out and owned the balls out of her. Well, oh, yeah. first, she had all the girls come. She goes, let's get all the women from the back. Five came out. Yeah, and Okay, and I guess the hurricane was happening, but five people came out. We yeah. could have scratched that entire <laughs> segment if that was what you were trying to do. Yeah, they did not and, have good representation. <laughs> nah. But Britt Baker comes out with... Uh, Rebel and Jamie Hader, the crowd immediately erupts into Jamie Hader chance. Mm-hmm. Please put that title on her. I don't know why we're wasting time. No one strikes the iron when it's hot. That bothers me. Yep. But Britt Baker goes, People, half the people here don't even know how to pronounce your name. <laughs> as soon as she said that, she just killed all momentum that Pajaya. Or Sarage? Yeah. All right. Whatever. (laughs) It was a worth shot. Anyway, killed all momentum right there on the spot. And even she was like, oh, my God. Hang on. Then the worst fucking reply ever. Uh, that's pretty funny coming from you, Britt, since your name, or since your name rhymes with, or whatever it was. Yeah. Or or, or whatever. You did about as good a job. Yep. Exactly. I fucked it up and probably still sounded better. Either way, bad promo. She did not look good. It was a, I don't know. If you are telling me that she's coming back to wrestle, that wasn't the promo to do it. No. Nope. Didn't do a good job. Well, that's the other uh, thing. It but went, tonight is the, it went, oh, go ahead. It went nowhere because my thing was like, oh, it sounds like she's kind of going to oversee the women's division. And they kind of inferred that, but they never went anywhere with it. Right. It just, the whole thing stalled out. Then they put her on commentary. Yeah, well. And, well, that was as good as it could have gone, too. Tonight is their third anniversary show, and they are back at the home place of Washington, D.C. This is the place where uh, Moxley put Kenny Omega through that glass table. Glass table, table, yeah. Damn. I wish we could go back to the golden era of... Like we're gonna have to dub the new era of a of AEW at some point, you know, like because yeah. the golden age is gone. But Tony is so excited about tonight; he's giving us fifteen extra minutes. That's two hours and fifteen minutes of dynamite. That's half a tab. Thanks, of, Dick. That's, that's half an extra tab of Ritalin. <laughs> nah, that's just one. I uh, but the matches. Seem pretty promising. We do get MJF and Wheeler Yuta tonight. We get Darby Allen and Jay Lethal. 
And this one I'm actually excited about, even though it involves Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara taking on Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia. I almost said Jerry Garcia. Um, the Danielson and Garcia? This, what did I say? You said Wheeler and Garcia. Yep, I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Chicken uh, Danielson and Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> I had Jerry Garcia in the mind, man. It's a fully. <laughs> but kind of got a half invitation for Garcia to join the Blackpool Combat Club. But Regal, again, oh, I'd much rather have him as a competitor against us. It's a weird thing to have. You know, but you kind of want to have all the best, but okay. But hey, if I haven't said this to you or anybody else, hey, happy National Scissoring Day. Scissor me, daddy ass. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do got to say, before we bring it to the table, I want to give a special shout out. Little John. You have the only undefeated team. For now, let's go to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! Alright, man, you know how I like to uh, shake things up, like Vince says. I do a little of a shake up each week. You mentioned someone extremely specific in talking about extreme rules. Seamus. Sheamus has been an extreme consistent for 20-something years with WWE now and doing a fine job. Um, I mean, starting in FCW with what they had there and then uh, moving into WWE and crushing it ever since 2010, I think, is when he began. No. Yeah, 20, something like that. I have decided that each week I am going to have a new segment and is it is going to be called The Professor's wrestler of the week now it's not going to necessarily have to be each week someone who is on the on the active roster right now but what i can tell you it's not the guys that we've heard their stories about and all their accolades at nauseum i'm not talking rock austin foley taker it's good to hear about those things but when they die we'll, we'll cross that path again probably but i want to talk about your your sammy zanes your kevin owens your sheamuses or even your pete dunn's they're they're journey to how they got here in case you guys don't know and the professor is going to be doing his research and bringing you something good each week about one wrestler piece and next week i'm excited for who i'll be bringing to the table on that one it won't be my bringing to the table but i'll be bringing uh, a wrestler of the week for you so <laughs> stay tuned okay so is this a segment within a segment or is it a separate segment no, it's going to be an entire different segment. Oh, I figured okay. just a couple of quick minutes on a rundown. And, you know, I already kind of have the draft outline, if you will, of what it will look like. And it's basically getting a quick uh, the name, the promotions they've worked for, a little bit of history for them, but notable feuds, storylines, championships, accolades. And then I'm probably going to end it off with my preferred match of the week for that person. There you go. Got to take someone to school or else I can't be a professor. <laughs> very good, very good. This is true. Can't just have shitty one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Whatever, man. You know what? Hey, ODM, take a leak. Take a leak. Ah, uh, man, you didn't watch this week's movie. No, remember? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I only got so much That's time. That's right. Hey, don't worry, Jockass. <laughs> I'll fill you in later. Thank you. Appreciate it. I remember the important Rip lines. Rip them. 
<laughs> Rip them, brother. Rip. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> I just threw up the hand. I threw up the 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 hang ten sign. It you can't see it obviously. Oh, I... <laughs> All right, this week I'm. Are you going to bring something to the table or really shitty jokes? Yeah, well, well, I mean, we can do both. You know? <laughs> well, actually, we'll save that for the wars. Um, I had three different things, and I couldn't. I put one in the notes. I have another one in my notes, so I'm just going to go with that one. Uh, it's a weekly corner. Do both. Reference. Uh, he was talking about this was a while ago when uh the rumor the rumors were that Claudio were going to be signing with AEW, right? Uh, and he said, you know, he's like, I hope. That he just goes away for a little while, lets people forget his name, take some time off, and come back with something new. You know, you don't have to completely redefine yourself, but make put a fresh coat of paint on it. And I'm really hoping that if Bray comes back, that's what they do. Because he's been he's been gone a while. I think we've got the taste of the fiend out of our mouth. That's what she said. And we can just you know have that nostalgic that the desire to see him get pushed and be prominent and something good um without it being what it was cuz what it was not so great you know what what i absolutely respect and appreciate that because that's kind of what i want look at for me i actually i as much as i like the creativity and all the different stuff that Bray Wyatt can do with the fiend and all that stuff Man, go back to what brought you to, to what everybody liked you about you. The Wyatt family angle. Not necessarily the angle, but be that Bray Wyatt again. Go back to the man from Lafayette, Louisiana. You know what? I say that for a reason. I've been holding on to this for quite some time. This is one of my favorite Bray Wyatt promos, and this was in FCW before it turned into NXT. Take a listen to this. I was raised in Lafayette, Louisiana. My daddy, he's a captain of his own shrimp boat. <laughs> I hated my daddy. He was a mean old man, my daddy. He took an eight-year-old Bray Wyatt and he pulled him out of school. He didn't think I needed to learn with him other kids. <laughs> but then randomly one day, my daddy, his boat, well, caught on fire. And it sunk him down into the daggone sea with it. And I went away. I went away for a while. <laughs> but Bray Wyatt, he told himself how to read. And I started out with C Spot Run. And then it was Clifford the Big Red Dog. And then it was the good book mostly after that. <laughs> and I learned. And I learned a lot of things. I learned how this world likes to throw away a little white trash peon like Bray Wyatt. Let me tell you something. I ain't no white trash. And I ain't no peon either. I am better than you all. And I wouldn't want to be that guy. I wouldn't want to be that guy, that first guy that has to get in the ring with me, man. I wouldn't want to be you. Because I am going to take pleasure in watching you burn, man. <laughs> Just like my daddy. <laughs> Come with me. Time is on my side. Just, it's a simple promo. Listen what the hell he was talking about. Clifford the Big Red Dog and C-Spot Run, but this guy was able to run off of that and make an awesome promo. <laughs> All the meanwhile, you got a very skinny, young 
Braun Strowman standing behind him the whole time. The guy could speak. When he was a fiend, it was too cartoony, too Pee-wee Herman's Playhouse into uh, Freddy Krueger. It, it was too much for me. Let the man just speak. When he was the eater of the world and he's got the whole world in his hands, each week, every one of those promos were on fire. He Nobody could hold, uh, nobody could even get close to where he was on promos each week. And that was even when Punk was there some of the time. Right. So, give us the old Bray. That's at least what I want. Is that what you're What kind of Bray are you looking for? <clears throat> well, I don't know. The one I haven't seen yet. So, you want a new version? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it doesn't have to be I, I, a little bit of, of what? A little column A, a little column B. I, what made him good, you know? You know, the Eater of Worlds or just Bray Wyatt from Louisiana, that, that Cape Fear character? Definitely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you can definitely keep a lot of that, but fresh coat of paint, just something new, something we haven't seen before. It doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It just has to be something subtle that just separates this from the last time, right? Now, I know that WWE is not high on necessarily with hardcore swearing, mm-hmm. but you're on a pay-per-view. You could get away with it, right? You used to let it happen at like ECW One Night Stand. You're on a pay-per-view, and if someone's watching that, it, whatever. Here's what I'm saying. Just I know this sounds really, really, really far fetched, but what I would like is for whenever he shows up, if it was, at, if it is at Extreme Rules, you say, "I am not Bray Wyatt. I am not the Fiend. I am Wyndham Fucking Rotunda." I want that. Tell me who you be, be him, and tell me that's who I'm gonna be. But still, you're the Bray Wyatt character. But everybody know. I feel like it's time to get rid of the character side of him and let him be a character, but kind of like the Steve Austin thing. Okay. Right. He's not the ringmaster anymore. He's him. I think bring him and Bo, let them be them fucking selves, man. Let Rotunda name live on a little bit. Yeah, there is that. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if it's even him, you never know if it's even him. Well, guess what? DeLorean parked out. did have a big review. Damn it. God, <laughs> just fucking go to the, just go to the worst. <laughs> what a shit show, Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You want a war? You're going to get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the battle lines have been drawn! The Generation X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! Again, you work! Oh, yeah! That's, that's, that's gotta be, it's gotta be, it's gotta be your mom! 
What? It was somebody's mom in that picture with Coolio and Virgil. <laughs> Maybe. Several people's moms. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe both of them. <laughs> Come along and ride along with me and Virgil. Slipping in the meat sauce, do or die. All right, come on. Let's, go, let's get Jesus, serious here. Let's get on with it. October 5th, 1997. Bad Blood in Your House, St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, opens up with an HBK video package uh, recapping his feud with Taker. Uh, they do uh, mention that on the free-for-all pre-show, they had mentioned there that Brian Pillman had passed away. Um, obviously found in his hotel room. He had wrestled the evening before in uh, Minneapolis, I believe it was. and uh, Which is really creepy. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, you know, they just, they make mention of it and they do throughout the show. Uh, not always with the best segues, but again, we'll get there. Oh, thank you very much for saying that exact <laughs> wording. Uh, we, I can't, you're going to, you know, which one I want. I, we're, we're, I get it's to not tell far, you what the segue it's, it's is. It's not far away. It's not far away. Open up with Nate. Oh, I know it isn't to match away. <laughs> Nation of Domination, uh, consisting of Rocky, Maivia, D'Lo, and Kama versus LOD. Uh, supposed to be LOD with uh, Shamrock, but obviously he got injured. Uh, he was spitting blood out of his mouth. Uh, Hawk calls them the Nation of Abomination. Not bad. Not bad. I'll give it a six. Uh, they said, hey, listen, we're not going to back down just because well. <laughs> we're not going to back down just because it's two on three. Let's get it on. Uh, loud, loud Rocky sucks chance. The crowd hates this dude. It's great. It, it's great. It's good to see. Do you know why they hate him so much? Because the rock told him to. told you to hate him. Well, because because the rock did. Well, sure. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. But I'm like, absolutely. Well, rock WWE, same guy. That's why they're marks, right? That's why we're marks. I was. Yeah. I was. Uh, L- As to be expected, LED starts hot. Nation ends up taking over a lot of heel tactics. Uh, they set up a doomsday device, but Farouk causes a distraction, and uh, Rocky actually hits a rock bottom for the win. Yep. We get a quick backstage segment, Doc Hendricks with Sonny. Option five. Next was supposed to be Brian Pillman versus Dude Love. Uh, the look on Lawler's face, man. He had to deal with this, with this, with Owen, uh, his own son. He motherfucker had a heart attack in the ring, dude. This dude, plus all the other stories we don't even know about, dude. This poor fucking dude. You can see it on his face, and I've seen that look on his face yep. too many times. Yeah. All right. Well, so yes, after they they bring up the unfortunate news of Brian Pillman passing away suddenly and unexpectedly, the best replacement match would be. A mini tag match. Yep. Well, you just stole my thunder. Thanks. I said I wanted to take that one. <laughs> um, here is how Vince... Yeah, I need to, you know... I'm about to paraphrase, but I'm like fucking like 95% sure I'm on with this. All right. And uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, Brian was set to be in the next match here. Uh, but what we've done is we have scrambled and put together uh, a great attraction that we feel... Uh, is best to entertain you. Something like that. And then they pan over to the entrance, music hits, sounds like some luchador music, and out comes three fucking 
midget <laughs> luchadors. And I go, oh my God. I'm sorry. Hang on. That was your replacement. That was your uh, tribute. That is how you say, you know what, Brian? We miss you. Here's six little guys running around the ring in your honor, my man. Maybe. And you know what's crazy? I could say maybe that's the worst thing they'll do to Brian and his name in the next couple of days. But fuck, no, this was a zany week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we get sunny. Sorry, I just got so upset. I just punched my <laughs> mic. <laughs> it just bothered me so bad. I literally, well, not bothered me. I I told you, I, I said, I go, hey, have you watched Bad Blood yet? You go, nope, going to be uh, like in a day or so. I go, all right, yo, you'll know when I laugh really hard. I promise you. <laughs> I go right after they talk about Pillman. And as soon as it happened, I mean, I gave out probably one of my hardest high-pitched laughs for in clapping. It was midnight. I'm like, this was, it was so funny to watch it. I just, good stuff. Thank you for keeping me entertained and not thinking about Brian Pillman is dead right now. <laughs> but, but since it's the first time they're saying it really on camera and not necessarily over the, uh, or just over commentary, right. maybe if you're at a party watching Bad Blood, you set it up on something like this, that's the first time you're hearing it. Because it was, I will say, I was at my buddy's house, my buddy Zeke that night. I still remember when, when all this pay-per-view happened, because you remember this Hell in a Cell. And I remember being there, and it was that moment of Vince saying it that we all finally heard it. Because we were all shooting shit, right? And we are like, wow. Smart on Vince to go, well, people are going to want to talk this shit over. What can we <laughs> give them that they're not going to need to pay attention to? So I guess we'll go that road. That's why he did this. <laughs> Other than that, no idea. Yeah, uh, we'll go with that. How about that? Six midgets in a ring. Let's go. <laughs> Sonny. You have no idea how long I've been waiting to talk yeah. about this. It just, it just fucking made me laugh. Well, this is so good. I don't remember that at all. So like, I, I watched it. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, I don't remember that at all either. I mean, like, I remember them announcing it at the pay-per-view, but I did not remember that being the follow-up. I was like, <laughs> follow-up could have been any match in the world. They could have opened with that fucking luchador uh, midget match and segued into the nation match. Totally respectful. <laughs> oh, we'd like to send our condolences to Brian Pillman's family. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> exactly dude even more so look at i don't I, we'll skip ahead to at least one half result uh you could add someone dedicate their match to him tonight and had that match right after it yeah someone who won that's all i'm gonna say we'll get to it i kind of thought that's what they were shit. gonna do i'm so glad i kind of thought that's what they were gonna do same here like let's present you this match now okay let's move on go ahead I don't even know who won the match. I don't even give a fuck. Let's move on from that luchador match. <laughs> okay. Well, Sonny's the guest ring. He was flying. <laughs> he was flying at one point. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I didn't mean out of the car. Okay, I meant I, like it's flying I Brian. What you meant? <laughs> Your mind did go oh, right there too, though. So. <laughs> No, because I heard you give that cynical laugh like I'm a dickhead. And I go, wait, what, do you, what did I say? And I go, this motherfucker thought I met through the windshield in the air. Oh, no. 
this just took a dark <laughs> side. All right, your dark turn here. Let's go. All right, Sonny's the guest ring announcer. Godwin's versus Headbangers for the tag titles. Um, do you remember the whole Sonny Phineas storyline? They mentioned it at the beginning, and then they kind of buried it. Yep, that's where he she tried luring him in with love last year. We covered it, and then he ends up slopping her on WWF Superstars. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Phineas got dropped on his goddamn heed in this one. We're just taking out each Godwin one by one. Lawler says, why is everyone trying to break the Godwin's necks? Jesus. (laughs) It was great. Because as soon as I said, as soon as I wrote the note, Phineas gets dropped on his head. Lawler says it. I I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. Uh, Godwin's win on a botchy reversal. Uh, they beat down the headbangers post-match to the point where Fink gets on the mic and says, the ref says, if the Godwins do not leave immediately, they'll be stripped of their titles. Okay. Next, we get a quick Stone Cold Rattlesnake video package. And we get Michael Cole in the back, which I initially started typing Todd Pettengill, and I realized, no, that's Michael Cole. Austin's going to forfeit <laughs> the IC title tonight. Owen interrupts him and says he's tired of Austin. He says he's going to give the title right to me. Keep him away. Can you spell lawsuit? Fucking Owen. Next was a pretty cool uh, thing. Uh, they were in St. Louis, uh, and they uh, Jim Ross is in the ring to honor some St. Louis wrestling legends. Uh, they start with Gene Kaninsky, who was an NWA champion, actually won the title in St. Louis. Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk Jr., Harley Race, Terry Funk, Luthez, and Sam Munchnik. Sam Muchnick, who was uh, the promoter and also the NWA president. That's a hell of a list right there. Yep. Insane. And But what's funny, just ill-timed, because it's the crowd doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that should have been before Raw, but I guess you got to get these guys on their TV time or whatever you've promised them. But see, see, nobody cares. In my in my honest opinion, uh, I would say this was a good time for it because it's something positive. You're looking back and you're recognizing, you know, you're recognizing people for their accomplishments. So, oh, I'm all for it. I was just thinking how the crowd was shitting on it. Oh yeah, absolutely. They could have gave a shit. There were some people, but not many. Uh, different type of wrestling fan. You know, at, at this point, than it was when these guys were wrestling. You know what I mean? The bit, yeah, that's true. It, 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 different strokes feels like a different stroke. I mean, put it in the pan, throw it against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we get Doc Hendricks with the Nation. Uh, Farouk has the trump card with Austin, uh, and uh, he says, "Just another name to me means nothing." I don't know. This went nowhere. Um. At this point, Vince decides that now's a good time to give another update on Brian Pillman. Uh, he is able to confirm that there's been no foul play, uh, but there is a uh, possibility of uh, maybe a little bit of a drug overdose. We're not sure yet. Just throwing that out there. Kind of shitty. Are you, or is or is that how Vince is saying that? No. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, a little bit of a deeper voice, but yeah, definitely the um, pauses. And, um, yes. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Way to bury it right on TV, man. You just want to get, he was distancing, distancing himself as far as he could from it. He's like, it's kind of like, uh, 
hey, I, I heard that you're already dating someone. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I heard my ex has a drug problem. <laughs> He's on drugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it was just like real quick. Like he just quickly to, to point that out. Didn't need it, man. All right. Well, this. But here's another midget match. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, no. We get Farouk versus Owen for the IC title. Austin's music hits. He's going to present the title to the winner. Um, Austin just being a dick. He sits down at ringside. He, for some reason, using a wrench to ring the bell. Uh, I don't know if that's what they were using at that point because they couldn't find the hammer. Um, he gets on Vince's, steals Vince's, Vince's headset. Starts doing some commentary. Says, start wrestling, you piece of trash. Owen's jabbing at him. He's got the, you know, Owen 316 shirt. I broke your neck. Austin says, Owen 316. Cheap heat at its best. It was a good line. I liked it. <laughs> it was great. Austin steals the Spanish announcer's headset. Uh, starts talking to them, and he's speaking enough Spanish where Austin can pick up on it. He's like, no, no, me amigo. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm your friend now, huh? Then he goes over to the French table, and it was it must have been French-Canadian or, you know, because the announcer spoke English, yep. so, so he just hit all the commentary. Uh, Anvil shows up at ringside, uh, causes a distraction from Slaughter, and Austin hits Farouk in the head with the title, and Owen gets the pin. He just throws the title in the ring and walks off. So he gave Owen the win because that's who he wants to beat to get his title back. Makes sense. Good booking. It, yep. And obviously Farouk is pissed. Oh, now, yeah. a couple things. One, again, easy spot where you could have just put the Brian Pillman information there, maybe even without the drugs. Didn't have to put the Lucha match. But anyway, I'll digress for a minute or two. But... The have you noticed? Remember, I, I brought up to you that Anvil's gonna go away for a little while and then just come back out of nowhere, right? And he did right after SummerSlam. Remember, he said he was gonna shave his goatee, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then was gone like he was there, I think, the day after SummerSlam. And then for the next several weeks, he's been gone. And the first time he has showed up was this not. This Monday right here that we're about to talk about, but just last week, hmm. last Monday, was his first time coming back to Raw. Any idea why? Very interesting stuff. I have no idea. Because I was going to say, maybe they kept him off TV because he had to shave his beard, but I don't think he shaved his beard. I It could have been that or maybe a uh, suspension. I don't know. Yeah. I've never really looked into it, but I just know that he was off TV for several weeks. Hmm. Well, there we go. Get a quick recap of the Bret Hart and Patriot feud. Uh, they're going to have the match tonight. It's going to be a, a tag team match. It's going to be a flag match, but you can also win by pinfall or submission. So you got that. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> right? And it's also in a cage. And also in a cage. Extreme rules. And you're wearing a strap. Yeah, it's funny. Another weekly Cornette reference. He said something about that with all these stipulations. He's like, how about, you know, the stipulation match is a normal match. Because every match has some weird stipulation or nobody enforces the rules. So, Because people think they're too sweet. Sorry, I'm, I'm just pre-quoting him. <laughs> yeah, now. I know. I, I can look at you. Uh, we, next, <laughs> we get Los Bariquas versus DOA and an eight-man tag DOA wins. Uh, we got Bret Hart. Who did it before that match? <clears throat> What's that? 
<laughs> Could have did it before that match, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nobody definitely would have given a shit about that one. And DOA got a pretty decent pop, so and they were half paying attention at least. Next, we get Bret Hart and Bulldog backstage with Michael Cole. He says they're better than any two American wrestlers in the WWF. <laughs> Bulldog says, tonight, we're going to beat you right here in St. Louis. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that written down? No, I okay. heard it, and it was enough for me to remember. <laughs> but I'm glad that you caught it. That's awesome. It was great. Uh, at one point, a fan tries to get in the ring. There's a weird spot at the end. There was a Vader bomb. Uh, but he hit it, and it it was hard to tell. It looked like Brett got his knees up, but Vader completely missed it. But when Vader hit it, he just rolled out of the ring. It turns out he was not the legal man. So I, I think in my head I just I missed that part. Uh, they definitely mention it on commentary. Uh, Brett reverses a roll-up for the pin on the Patriot, and the Patriot actually does some heelish shit and uh, attacks him after the match. Yeah. So. Starts. Yeah. It's, which was not American. of yeah, It's actually. It actually is pretty fucking American. Yeah. <laughs> you beat me? Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> Who the fuck is this asshole? Uh, next we get- it would be very wise if. I'm sorry. I went to a different. <laughs> That's movie. fine. That's fine. We're, we're all guilty Rip of it. Go ahead. Survivor Series spot uh, is going to be called Gang Rules. Uh, Barik was DOA and Nation Domination are in the spot. Not bad. Uh, here we get the Hell in a Cell gets lowered over the ring. You got uh, Doc Hendricks with HBK and DX. It's funny because Sean cuts his promo, and right as they cut away, Triple H grabs the mic like he wants. And let me tell you something else. And then they just cut away. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Um, Look at, do not let him have the mic. Do not <laughs> let Triple H talk. Yeah, right. Uh, and so, listen, uh, again, as always, some matches you just watch. I'm going to I'm gonna go from, you know, uh, I'll just go hit some high spots and we'll get to it here. Um, at one yeah. point, uh, Shawn Michaels lands on top of a cameraman gets pissed at uh, p- pissed off about it and beats him down. So I and fucking hate seeing that because that is him. He only did that shit generally when he was fucking pilled out of his mind. I don't think in the latter part of his career he was that fucking harsh on cameramen, but he does it multiple times he does. and he's a dick. Yeah. I don't think that's the case here. I think this is, you know, this is a work uh because it's all it's their booking to get to the point where Slaughter opens up the cage door. So that immediately lets them get out of the cage. Um, so what happens is after, you know, while they have the door open trying to get the cameraman out, uh, Shawn Michaels hits sweet chin music, and Taker immediately pops up, no sells the fuck out of it. Great spot, crowd popped. It was awesome. Yep, they end up leaving. The- I forgot about that moment, to be honest oh, with you. Like, there's moments in the match I absolutely remember. Oh, that one I didn't, and when I saw it, I go, oh, sweet. Yeah, right? Oh, I did a double take, because I saw it, and I was like, okay, I can look down at the keyboard, I can look at something, and I look up, I'm like, holy shit, he's up already. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that was a great spot. Uh, so, this is the point where they head out of the cage. Um, HBK goes first face in the cage, busted wide open. Uh, we'll be seeing either the scar or a bandage over his head for the next few weeks. They end up on top of the cage. Uh, Shawn Michaels takes a backdrop and a slam on the top. 
He tries to climb down, uh, but Taker just knocks his hands off and he drops right through a table. It's funny that nobody talks about that. It's always the mankind thing, uh, you know. No, they, that's always been that was pretty uh, at the time. Well, at, at least time. until mankind. Sure, you're right. Yeah, because I forgot. Like you're gonna see. <clears throat> to me, one thing that's always memorable is the Steve Austin Shawn Michaels promo heading into. WrestleMania 14, mm-hmm. one of my favorite packages that they ever put together yep. about both of them being from Texas. And, but the, the incoming, incoming, <laughs> and they show that part a lot. And I remember it. And, but you're right. Once it was, as God is my witness, he's broken in half. I'm like, well, yeah, 10 feet to 50 feet is a difference. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's funny because, yeah, uh, JR does use that line. He does say that Michael's may be broken in half. So, yep. Uh, yeah, Crimson Mask on Shawn Michaels at this point. Uh, they end up back in the cell, and Slaughter locks it while they're in there. So good. Uh, they're locked in. Uh, Taker just domes HBK with a chair shot. Probably open that cut up a little more. <laughs> Lights go out. You hear the organ, and I'll let you do the honors. That's, that's gotta be, that's, that's gotta be Kane! It's exciting. Yep, absolutely. Even to see it one more time, brand new. You know, absolutely, as, and in as context, as it was brand new. It was. I remember all of us because they, you know, they already gave you it. That's Kane, and we were like, "Who in the fuck is this big guy?" We were trying to figure out if maybe someone defected from WCW right at that time, because it was likely. So we were like, "Whose stature is that, man?" Like, I've never seen that guy. Kind of looks like that old dentist. No one said that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> said that. <laughs> yeah, Taker's in awe. We get the pyro, the tombstone. HBK slowly crawls over to Taker. Slow three count from Hebner. And I, the last note I wrote was, that's how you do it. Awesome. Awesome moment. It was still, obviously, one of the best. It, it's funny that they don't consider the Attitude Era until, like, maybe another couple of weeks after... Uh, Montreal screw job, I would say. Yeah, something like but that. This is definitely involved. Um, this is a great way to debut, man. They don't do this enough. That's why you have an absolutely great opportunity this Sunday at Extreme Rule or Saturday with Extreme Rules. You know, like it, whoever this white rabbit thing is, even if it's a brand new person is or someone we never expected, catch us off guard, but. Make it a cane moment. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to aim for. If this isn't a cane moment, not worth debuting. Yeah, I look at AEW. It's it's more like, hey, this person's probably going to debut, and then they come out and they're like, hey, cool. Okay, I, other than that, I don't care. Well, like, why do I care now? Yeah, like each week, a new person there and a turn. New person comes in and a turn. It's then it, copy and paste. Yep, then a turn and a turn. All right, so we'll move on to Raw. Let's go to Raw. Yep, there we go. Uh, Vince is in ring. He addresses Pillman's death. Uh, you, you have the whole roster on the ramp. Uh, bell rings ten times, uh, and you get Pillman chance. It was uh, rough to see some of the guys you could see that were yeah. hurting over it. You had the hearts. Um, it, the hearts there. Mark Marrow, who had been with him with as Johnny B. Bad in WCW. Yep. Um, who else was on that stage? Vader. I was trying to think of. Vader, that was the other one. I was like, Jesus, him and, and WCW with them and their long history together. So, And obviously, you know, the only people who weren't on stage were Michaels, Triple H, and Steve Austin. Austin was there. 
I th- was he? I think okay, he was buried. I didn't catch Austin. I thought because uh, yeah, I rewatched oh. uh, because of this. I rewatched uh, Dark Side of the Ring for Pillman, and Austin said he's, he's like when that when that ten count started ringing, he goes, "That's when it hit me." Oh, that's true. Okay. Oh, all right. I guess uh, I just maybe didn't catch him. I think I was kind of looking for all the other guys, right. and I think he just kind of blended in because he's on the TV every week. All right. Well, we get uh, Shawn Michaels to the ring with the X. Uh, 16 stitches in his head. Like I said, you can see that fucker. Looks like Scarface. Crazy. Michael Cole, it's an in-ring interview. It is the beginning of the torment of Michael Cole. Do you think Triple H and Michael Cole are close now? Like, hey, asshole, remember all the shit you used to do to me? Well, I bet you Michael Cole being willing to do a lot of that stuff probably made him pretty cool with them all the way back then, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I bet you they've probably had a pretty good working relationship for 25 years now. And who would have thought that? But absolutely. And I bet you Michael Cole is probably one person who's excited that Triple H is here. You have to get in trouble for saying certain things. Yeah. Article just came out. Not, I don't want to pivot too hard, but, um, he got fined. An article came out that he, uh, Michael Cole said Vince would fine him every time he said the word now, (laughs) like Jeff Hardy up against the rope. Now, just you could say up against the rope. Every time he said now, he fined him. Yep. Jesus. Yeah, but everybody wanted to hear what a maneuver thousands of times during WrestleMania 3, dickhead. Yeah, pretty much. Or whatever. Anyway. Shawn Michaels says uh, to Michael Cole, hey, you haven't been properly welcomed by the click. Uh, China and Triple H just wedgie the shit out of him. Shawn says HBK is here. Undertaker is not. Calls himself the icon, not one of those fossils. There's a shot. Uh, to it, WCW. It, and by the way, that's the one of the infamous sounds from DX after they do that to Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. That is going to leave it's a mark. It's going to leave a mark. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Uh, it's weird because it, Shawn Michaels looks like he's still wearing the wristband from the hospital. Oh, my God. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, why is he wearing a pink bracelet? <laughs> yeah, it must. I'm wondering if he just left it on there. Yeah, who the fuck knows? He wants the production crew to show clips from last night. Nothing happens. Uh, he talks. Oh, hang on, hang on. Okay. Wait, before you do that, I have to say another couple things. Again, this goes to all those sound clips. This was a pretty uh, famous interview. This was uh, Triple H. Who is the showstopper? Me. <laughs> who is the main event? Me. Going through all of it, it's just that was a very popular thing that's used for Shawn Michaels. I mean, still to this day, when you watch video packages about him, so it, just watching all of it, I was like, God damn, I love this shit. Yeah, it's too bad he was a cock, but I mean, you know, it was what it was. Oh, it worked. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get into that. You know, him liking di- anyway. Okay. Okay. Not me. Brett brought it yeah, up. I, I can look at you. He wants the production crew to show clips from last night, and nothing happens. He's talking shit to Vince, like, oh, I know they have no brains, but, you know, just... And what ends up showing up on the Jumbotron is the curtain call. They basically just do a shoot, yeah, they just do a shoot on the curtain call. Fucking Sean says to Vince, is your dad rolling over in his grave? Yo! <laughs> it was so awesome. But it's funny how they're playing it off. Now, first of all, we talked about that in, in how he paid his penance for it and just last week how Triple H cut that promo. Right. 
And you're like, yeah, it'll be a while before we see that thing. And then, holy shit, don't they put it on the Titantron the next week? I forgot that they actually mock it on the Titantron there. It, wait, wait, that's that's Diesel, and that's that's Razor. That, that's, wait, <laughs> that's you, were, you. you were a bad guy. I was a good guy. You weren't supposed to be hugging me. Yeah. Fucking awesome. They did not give a that shit. is likely the moment all kayfabe died. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right? And, and it's great, too, because Vince goes, all right, enough of this crap. Let's go to break. They come back from break. They're still talking trash. <laughs> I want to know what was said oh, I know. in that three to three and a half minutes that was off. I That was the first thought when I saw that they were still standing pretty much at the same exact spot. Oh, yeah. I go, oh, he had to fuck with the crowd and talk about Diesel and Razor and probably said some shit about WCW. Had to have. Oh, yeah. I, I don't doubt it for one second. Uh, the best part is uh, Brett's music hits, and they still talk shit. They don't stop. Uh, so the Heart Foundation come out to the ramp. Did you notice the crowd still even booed them? Oh, yep. As much as uh, you could hate how Brett's hated uh, all the U.S. people, blah, blah, blah. Sean's being a straight-up dickhead like mm-hmm. this right now, like you said. And then his music comes out, people are like, well, fuck you too, boo! <laughs> right? Um this is another sound clip that I remember from a lot of this stuff, and they, especially when they do the greatest feuds. You know, Shawn Michaels, boy toy, yes, Brett. <laughs> he calls him a disgrace. He goes, "I'm a second generation wrestler. You're the lowest sort of scum." And this is the line. Like I said, this is what Sparks yep. said. He says, "You're nothing but a degenerate." He goes, "I can tell you what the H and HBK and Triple H stands for." You're nothing but a homo. <laughs> You're a homo. You that guy in the ring next to you in the front in the home is a homo, referring to rude. And then do you want to say what Triple H says? He goes, he goes oh, I'm not queer. <laughs> oh, Brad, I'm not queer. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was an uncomfortable five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I, I, I do have to say, all the while... Right before the the homo hat trick by Bret Hart, he uh, Sean and Brett have now perfected that stupid face looking at each right. other, looking away, yeah. face at each other, looking away. I go, oh, you brought it back. Oh, that's weak. Yeah. That's weak. Yeah. You guys are trying to be edgy. It's weak. You fucked it up last week. Pretty much. Yeah. I think that's the one that I, they show in the clips. Um. Yep. Yeah, it's great because Brett goes to click. You know, you and those other two guys you got with you, one of the guys being China. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear the crowd go, oh. <laughs> uh, he goes, I ran off your friend's diesel and razor. Challenges Triple H to a match. Uh, and Sean has to get in. And he says, I got two words for Brett. Suck it. Calls him a paper champion. And then just goes on a long promo. This this was very long. But, uh, you know, it could have been condensed, but still some... You know, it's your attitude era. Guess what else that was? You know, that is your very first ever. I've got two words for you. Suck it. Yep, it is. And I believe. And he does it. Yep. So fast that it's not a catchphrase of a line. They don't even do it as like together as a joke or anything right. like that. He goes, "And Bret Hart, I got two words for you." And he goes, "Suck it," because we all know that you're a paper champion. And went right on just like that. And I was like, "Well, that was pretty." under the radar okay cool yeah absolutely modest beginnings. testing the waters absolutely yeah he's been doing the gesture he's actually been doing it to the crowd so on his like walk in so fuck it it works 
natural, um, organic. I, it, it was, it, it was very good. But my only issue is how fucking petty do you have to be, Vince? Just call them Hall and Nash. Yeah, you can't use their real names at this point. How about you use their real names and that buries the person? Yeah, instead of burying their character of Diesel and Razor, mm. which doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. It could, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I can get down with that. You know what I can't get? He didn't. Well, you know what I can't get down with is Vince teasing a live interview with the grieving widow, Melanie Pillman, because mm-hmm. uh, that's what they do. They tease it. Uh, we get headbangers versus Godwins in a lumberjack non-title match. Um, Lawler calls out McMahon, basically punks him, saying, what the fuck? You, you, HBK just made a fool out of you. You didn't do anything? Um, it's, this match turns into a massive brawl with all the lumberjacks who gives a shit. They show a, a close-up of the wall in, in Pillman's house where they're going to do the interview. Same spot as the Pillman has a gun spot. Uh, and he actually calls out a picture of Austin and Pillman as the Hollywood Blondes that's on the wall. He actually calls it out. Yep. I thought that was pretty cool. And you know what else? It's another quick pivot. Uh, when Anoki died... Uh, they were actually able, I think it was Corey Graves was actually able to call out that Anoki was WWF champ at one point. It wasn't long. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, Vince never would have done that. That's true. So. Uh, nice. I didn't even know that. Yeah. We see, uh, we see Cornette having the mic on his lapel being adjusted. He's like backstage in like a studio. And he mentions Eric. You hear him mention Eric Bischoff's name. <clears throat> All right. He said something about, uh, well, you know, Eric Bischoff will definitely be listening to this. <laughs> there you go. It was great. And, and well, okay, we'll get there. Uh, Los Bariquas are backstage. Mike, Miguel Perez calls out Mark Marrow. They have a match next. Uh, Marrow's back from injury. He's got a shaved head. And he's going to introduce a new move tonight. Like I don't like when they call that out. It should be more spontaneous. But he's also dressed different. He's he's got a pair of boxing boxing trunks. Yeah, he's not as flamboyant. He seems very like focused. Like I want to beat somebody's ass. Um, well, he is a uh, yeah golden gloves golden glove. Yeah, so absolutely. It, that was a good a good transition for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Um, now it just makes him look more like a a wife abuser because he was already really pissed off that she was getting the spotlight. Now that he looks like that, now he just looks like he beats piss out of people at home. It does. It definitely. Allegedly. Does. Allegedly. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah. It's basically that DVD into a cutter. Cool looking move. Next Cornette has comments is what I wrote. I don't even know what they call this segment, but it's, it's basically just the early stages of Jim Cornette's podcast. He's there to talk about uh, with no swearing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that's the only bad part. But again, see, he can get by without the swearing. He's not happy about how some talents treated by promoters and fans. People like Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Mankind, great talents. The NWO gets attention from fans. They're like a bunch of guys meeting in a treehouse in somebody's backyard. Kevin Nash is the biggest no talent in the business. He's got six moves. He's always hurt. Scott Hall, he's a good and barely ref. enough. He said he, he's got six moves and uh, barely enough talent to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Hall's a good wrestler, great wrestler. That's about it. 
Call six, uh, six, what am I talking about? Sean Waltman, that's his real name. The other guy thinks he's funny when he gets drunk and pukes on himself. Bischoff, look at the credits on <laughs> the paper. Bischoff, look at the credits on the pay-per-view if you can buy one. He's the boss. He's a mark for himself. He takes a billionaire's money and throws it around like water. Sounds familiar. <sighs> yeah. It was awesome. I Fantastic. loved all of it. It was, I, I, in, I think I played that sound clip like maybe two seasons ago. Probably. For some reason. I, whatever it was, I remember playing it, and it's just so good. But he, but he keeps hitting hard about Flair and Anderson mm-hmm. and Cactus Jack. Pretty big hard on for Cactus Jack. Yeah. Which I was kind of shocked about. You got guys like, like uh, you know, Kevin Nash, blah, 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 and going through it. And, and all the guys think they're too sweet. But then you got <laughs> hardworking guys like Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, Cactus Jack. And I was like, that's the second time he said his name. Yeah. I'm like, and. A, he works in this company and he's not being held down. B, what does that have to do with anything about all the guys over there? Didn't catch it. Yeah, me neither. I didn't put, you know, I haven't put two and two together yet. Maybe you just got a lot of respect for Mick Foley. I mean, you know, he definitely speaks that way. So that's cool. All right, moving on. Can't wait till he does another one. Yeah, I know, right? We should at least get a few of them. Uh, Rocky Maivia versus Bulldog. Bulldog wins. Farouk attacks the foundation with a leather strap, and it's a brawl. Moving on. Hour two. Again, they're starting to pick up on it. Hour two, start with Austin. They do. Gets in the ring with Vince. Vince asks him why he did what he did. He says, I do what I want when I want, so mind your own fucking business. Vince says, it looks like you haven't brought your uh, doctor's report clearing for you. I have the release sign or the release form for you to sign so you can wrestle. Austin says he'll sign if Vince signs a piece of paper saying he gets a title shot at Owen for the IC title. Vince gives his word, extends his hands. He says, you can put your hand in your pocket or wipe your ass with it. (laughs) Farouk gets on the trend, calls him a cracker ass. Austin says, this ain't a race thing. This ain't a color thing. It's a me kicking your ass thing. (laughs) Oh, I remember that line. As soon as he said it, I go, oh, man, I forgot that one, but that was a good one. This ain't a race thing. It ain't a color thing. That's a me kicking your ass thing. God, it was awesome. Um, the funny thing about Vince, and, and he had mentioned it to him, he goes, uh, I'm not, uh, what does he say? Uh, I'm not an idiot. I'm going to read through this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And then he, when he goes, yeah, you have my word, shakes his hand. The reason he told him, put it back in the pocket. Until this paper says it, I'm going to fight Owen for the Intercontinental title. I ain't signed anything. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, nice little uh, cherry on top for this. He goes and he starts fucking with Lawler. He takes his crown and he punts it into the crowd. <laughs> Which later we see a guy wearing yep, it. Yep, absolutely. You know that that was they were like, let's look for the shittiest prop that we could find because we're not hunting the real one. Oh yeah, you know they had a fucking case of those things. <clears throat> Owen does an in-ring promo afterwards. He says, "Yeah, I hope they do reinstate Austin so he can get my hands on him." And he calls Austin's son, kind of stealing uh, Austin's uh, thunder there. So that was a nice little thing right there. Uh, next, an odd match. We get Hawk versus Owen for the IC title. The Godwins come out. Animal comes out. They fight off. Cletus causes a distraction, and uh, Hawk gets pinned after uh, he gets clocked in the head with a horseshoe. Hooray. You, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I will say it, it is kind of odd that Hawk did have that 
as a, a one-on-one match and a title match. But back then I found it odd too, but the more I started to understand history, Hawk had a lot of singles matches like for U.S. titles and stuff back in uh, WCW back in oh, the no way in the okay. earlier days. Yes. So kind of wasn't an unheard of thing for him. Animal, a little less. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, I wrote down every question um, for the Pil- Melanie Pillman interview. I really don't want to even go over this. Uh, yeah. Watch on Dark Side of the Ring, uh, Melanie goes, the one. I'll do it. I just, just don't bring up the drugs. And It was like the fucking first question, or second question out of his mouth. Yeah, second question. First one was, how are you doing? Yeah. So there's that. They did a quick little video tribute afterwards. Uh, JR says he had a car accident with a drunk driver. Yeah. A little bit of a revisionist history there, isn't it? Um. Yeah, 100%. So. Maybe he was trying to save a little grace considering. Uh, yeah, maybe. McMahon had his foot on already the, the top of the grave there. Right. Like, being like, it's drugs. It was drugs. It's got to be drugs. Well, you know, and whoever was at fault for Pillman's accident, you know, he I think JR was trying to give him a little fucking grace because especially after they just beat the living piss out of Melanie on TV. That was uncomfortable, and I watched every second, unfortunately. Yeah. And she brings up little Brian Jr. doesn't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't understand why daddy's not coming home. And McMahon's like, did you tell him it's because of the drugs? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say I'll give you a second. Move on. Okay, move on. I'm good. Next, we get the Hardy Boys in the ring. They're supposed to be taking on the Truth Commission, but the lights go out. Kane's music hits. Heads. Wait, stop, 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 stop. Look at how fucking you just blow over things. You have no zest, no pizzazz. It's the first time we're getting the Hardy Boys in the ring. No, it's, it's not, not just Matt by himself or Jeff. No, it's not. We've gotten them in there before. Eh, like a quick little thing, but they were never named the Hardy Boys. Yes, they, they just were. They to be standing in the ring. I, they were. I'll go back through my notes. I'll find it. Not now, but... Fine, then I'm wrong. You're right. Move on. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Lights go out in the city. <laughs> the sun shines on the bay. Put the sun in the pot. Kane double choke slams the Hardy Boys, throws them out of the ring. Bear says, now that I've got your attention, go ahead and laugh at the fat man. I was like, okay, well, nobody was saying that, but if you want to bring it up now... I know. It's like, oh, is this about your weight, man? That's what this is about the whole time? I think it's about Mom, pain. man, we were cool with you being fat. You're fat as shit, but we like you that way. I think the cameraman here was on Adderall <laughs> because the fucking close-ups wouldn't stop. It's like he was trying to get used to the zoom on the camera. And then the best part is after they zoom in and out on Kane's face like three or four times, Bear says... Oh, because of you, he's missing an eye. I'm like, bullshit. We just had four close-ups. We saw both of his eyes. No, the, the one that's white is telling you that's a glass no, eye. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, still, I call bullshit. Um, oh, fuck. A weird pivot, man. But if you notice that people have been putting weird shit in their eyes when they have a missing eye, like instead of a regular, just a fucking eyeball, they put like diamonds and shit in their eyes now? Hmm. I saw a guy at the gas station the other day like that. No fucking way. Like, yeah. You got a fucking gem. Almost threw up. Like a gem in his eye socket? Yeah. Not like one he like just threw any gem. It's like you have one that's made for your eyeball that way. That's crazy. 
Look that up. Yeah, you'll want to throw up. Actually, same gas station. This will make you laugh about being up here in uh, no man's land. I walk into the store wearing my Bullet Club shirt. And this lady goes, hell yeah, man. I support that. Nope. (laughs) Nope. As soon as she said it, I out loud was already walking towards the section of the beer section. I, I just out loud, I kept walking. I just go, nope. It kept walking. I'm like, nope, you got it wrong. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny that you say that because I am very selective on where I wear that shirt just because of that reason. Because people who don't know any better are going to be like one response or the other. I know that I got some woman. Do you know my baby was shot for no reason <laughs> by me? I'm sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Enough with Billy Bob and the gas mart. Let's move on to the main event. Triple H. Wait, I do have something else to say. The zooming in, I think, was to show that one eye was the the glass eye, but also that it was really black, like the black paint that he had gotcha. on, right? Like you could tell that he's singed and or really burned. But I never knew that his mask had... I don't know, kind of like a, it was so big and it had like a giant extra flappy spot on each side. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it was bunched up on each side. I thought it was just a flat ass mask and it looked like at the top in each corner. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just more. It just looked weird to me. Yeah, it was more leather before you got to the, like just the straps on the back. It was almost kind of like a hockey helmet. But yeah, no. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Gotcha. All right. But uh, solid way to come out and beat the piss out of the Hardy Boys, get your two smallest guys, double choke slam them. The way he threw Matt on top of Jeff oh, yeah. out of the ring, Matt crazy. hit his head on the uh, steel ramp because that thing was not covered. They, they, Why would we use a carpet? Let's have it nice and slippery and metal. <laughs> well, then we never would have gotten a... Not our truth <laughs> thinking of. Uh, who went flying under the ring at Crown Jewel? Oh, Titus O'Neil, that was fucking... (laughs) I will say, the announcers giggling for just a solid minute was as real as they will ever be. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Because, you know, it was a a nonsense event anyway. All right, main event. Triple H, Bret Hart. Uh, Sean comes out at the beginning of this match. I think this is the one where he's looking at the crowd and he's just going, suck it, suck it, suck it. Um he, this is the, uh, the the famous video where he picks his nose with the Canadian flag. Uh, Heart Foundation shows up at the ring. Tries running away and the yeah, flag and it pulls him back. Drags him yep. back in the nose. Yep. Uh, somebody at one point threw a massive paper airplane into the ring and it landed perfectly. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh, the finish is interesting. Uh, Brett goes for a figure four spot on the post. China just clocks him. She goes to do it again. He blocks it as he turns around, blinded by sweet chin music, turns into a fucking brawl. And that's how we go off the air. This is one of my favorite uh, sweet chin musics that he does in DX here in this time because he does it so quick on the outside Mm -hmm. and then turns just going right. Suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a good one. Camera work was good on that too because they followed – Brett turning around, and as the camera moved, you saw the kick come in. You never saw Sean. Yep. Absolutely. All right, on the Nitro, we get an opening graphic extending the thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of Brian Pillman. Respectful. Yep, absolutely. Uh, We get uh, get the NWM music hitting. It's Hogan and Bischoff. I hate these segments. They call out Sting. 
and they heard that Piper's going to be there tonight. Hooray. Really tired of these segments. Open up with some, some you know, two good workers. Uh, Mongo, it's, I'm sorry, it's Jeff Cherrett versus Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just, I just, this is how far ahead I want to get of this. Mongo thing. versus Debra. Uh, yeah, Mongo, pretty much, yeah. Mongo runs down and confronts Debra. Debra slaps him. Mongo hits Jeff Jarrett, rolls him to the ring. Booker gets the roll up. So before that, it was a pretty good match. Uh, let's see. Uh, Zabisco's on commentary. He he makes a joke about he's like he's like I, I got a little something for uh for Hogan. You're gonna you, no no it was for I think it was for Macho Man. He's like worst dad. Joke if, if, if 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 you're if you're nice if you're a nice fella, I'll have the boys run back some Ben Gay for you. I put it on before I go golfing because after that match you're gonna probably need some. Okay. And he's holding up uh, an actual Ben Gay. Yep, an actual thing of Ben Gay. Pancakes. Ben Gay didn't like it. <laughs> he is over as fuck though because the crowd was fucking chanting Larry. He's over than more of the roster, most of the roster. So over you can hold a thing of Ben Gay. Yeah. And not get booed out of the building. So. Hmm. Next we get Billy Kidman versus Alex Wright. Uh, By the way, the building couldn't hear it. <laughs> Only the I people know, at right? home. <laughs> yeah, they must have had the fucking applause sign for Larry on. Next we get Billy Kidman versus Alex Wright. Kidman gets thrown to the floor looks up. Not only does he see Raven, he also sees Perry Saturn. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, we cut to the back. Mongo is still arguing. You do understand that it's also notable as to. It's also what? This match. Then it's notable that this match oh, that they're having. Absolutely. Because Kidman, okay, Kid, Kidman was the one that gave him the look. Right. Absolutely. So I just, I thought it was really subtle, subtle that yeah. every time they're going to have someone come into the group, they're going it, to, it's during that match. So when they're around, pay attention. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Mongo and Deborah are still having a domestic dispute. Jeff Jarrett chimes in. Mongo says, mind your business or I'll give you another whipping pal. They're going to have a match at Halloween Havoc. Mongo says he has a way to stop this. I'm guessing it's the match. Wright wins this match. There is a sign that they show immediately after. A woman is holding, and it says, Alex Wright, Dancing Queen. Pancakes. You are a dancing queen. <laughs> das Wonder Kid, only 17. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, next, we get Mortis versus Ernest Miller. There's a botchy-ass top rope move. I'm, they're lucky to be alive. Uh, it gets announced during this match that Disco Inferno will be defending his TV title at Halloween Havoc against Jacqueline. Huh? <sighs> Ernest Miller wins with a nice springboard. The chicanery begins, everybody. (laughs) You remember how you're like, I'm getting really sick of this with the Hogan and uh, Bischoff? Yeah. Yeah, we only have two more years left of that shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the drizzling shits. Uh, We get Hall and Six to the ring. This week, Hall has his ribs taped. No crutches. Talks about Nash's knee being injured. He's at home resting. Obviously, I'm severely injured as well. They were watching old Zabisco wrestling tapes. They laughed so hard. Hall threw his back out. Nash fell out of the chair and hurt his knee. And uh, Hall does a suck it gesture this week. Very blatant one at the end. He doesn't say suck it, but he definitely does the gesture. So, yep. Right after that, we get the rematch. Scott Hall versus Hector Garza. Uh, Garza upset at Hall a couple weeks ago with that roll up. 
Uh, this is just an NWO squash. Uh, they fuck with the ref the whole time. Blatant interference from six. Uh, we get the razor's edge, and boom, that's it. Uh, they beat up the ref afterwards, spray paint his back, and they walk off. So next we get Disco Inferno versus Diamond Dallas paid for the TV title. It's kind of obvious how this match is going to go, considering we just announced Disco Inferno versus Jacqueline, and we know DDP's fighting Macho at the pay-per-view. Um, DDP hits the cutter just like Mero did on Raw. That same DVD into the cutter. Macho interferes. It's a DQ. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, Macho pulls up the uh, padding on the floor to expose the concrete subfloor. Goes to hit the pile driver, but Piper's able to stop him. DDP hits the cutter. They bounce to the crowd, and the NWO comes down to check on Savage. Liz runs down with the stretcher, and they apparently had a lot of time to kill on this episode because this went way too long. Oh, they followed this way too hard. It, it... I didn't care. I'm like, roll him over, get him out of the way, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they were milking the shit out of it. It was like the backstage assault from NWO back in the day. Uh, nothing like that. But anyway. <laughs> oh, man, woman killed it, though. Gene's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Such a good segment only because of her crying, man. Yeah, pretty much, right? Fucking cops are called. Mm-hmm. Someone get there. This lady is crying. <laughs> Uh, mean jeans in the ring calls Piper out. Uh, Piper says next nitro, the outsiders are going to defend their tag titles or they'll be stripped at Halloween havoc. Macho and DDP are going to have a Piper Piper rules match, which means there's no rules at all. It's basically a last standing match. Hogan and Bischoff come out. There's a stare down between Hogan and Piper. Bischoff says Hogan has something to say. Hogan actually, this was this was one of Hogan's better promos because he it wasn't ham him hamming it up. It was him actually being pissed. You know, he says the icon crap stops right here. You'll never be an icon because I still exist for 15 years. You stood in my shadow. Good stuff, you know. True. That that that's some healer shit right there. You know, one you get, you get one promo out of Hogan <laughs> every two months that are okay, right? Um, Bischoff kicks Piper in the knee. Hogan starts beating him down. Uh, they hold him up so Bischoff can get a kick in, but he actually hits Hogan instead. Piper fights back. NWO runs out and do uh, pull Hogan out of the ring. So next, it's Mike Tenay's Lucha Libre lesson. We can move past oh, that Jesus. into uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Ultimate Dragon for the Cruiserweight title. Some matches you just watch. Eddie retains. So the main event was to be uh, Macho Man versus Chris Benoit, but Hennig's going to take his place, uh, and it's for the U.S. title. Again, some matches you just watch. Hennig wins. He retains. Uh, NWO runs down for the beatdown. Flair, returning, makes the save, chases Henning through the back, out to the street, where Henning is just running down the road in his tights. He comes back in, uh, stops to talk with Gene, and Flair just goes off. I'm Ric Flair, bitch. That was basically the <laughs> promo. That was basically the promo. It really was. Do you know who I am? Basically that. Like, it was him just running down. Yep. Him banging Fire. bitches and, yeah. <laughs> oh, and also just something else to mention real quick. Um, this uh, this Nitro was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the AWA. You know, Vern Gagne's name was mentioned a bunch. Yep. A lot of these people wrestled in the AWA. So, especially Kurt Hennig, uh, his dad, uh, you know, obviously very famous too. So, pretty cool. 
Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. Thank you very much, because I forgot to say, do you know where Raw emanated from? Do I know what? Do you know where that Raw we just talked about emanated from? Uh, did I write it down? Happy to tell you. What? Where? Kemper Arena. The exact arena Owen dies in in two years. Oh, fantastic. Yep. Yeah, found that out as soon as they brought it up. Because that was uh, Kansas City or wherever it was, uh, I believe. Yeah. Where did Owen die? Was it Kansas City? I have no fucking clue. Well, that was my cue of you hitting Google. Fuck it. Let's just talk about a movie. I thought it was going to be something like Zeus. <laughs> I feel like doing that now, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, obviously, it's Devo in one of my favorite performances of all time, one of the first times I'd ever seen mm-hmm. Zeus. Tiny Lister going one-on-one with Hulk Hogan. No holes barred. We did Body Slam a couple of weeks ago. I figured No Holes Barred is a good follow-up. You know, we had a little joke to ourselves off to the side. I thought maybe this could be a uh, hidden track. No, fuck no. It's way too funny to say. Hey, how many uh, quotes are on the IMDB page? (laughs) Seven. (laughs) Seven. You want me to read them? (laughs) Yo, that's like... The Passion of the Christ had more better quotes that are quotable than that. <laughs> yeah, please read all the quotes. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, obviously we know what number one is, what's that smell? Dookie. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> so god-awful. Um, all right, so that's obviously number one. Yo, but not even just Dookie. He should have said, like, diarrhea, because it looked like it was straight. He pissed his ass, man. That yeah. was wet. Maybe Ho Hogan. Maybe he did both. Maybe he did maybe, one and two. Maybe. Maybe he pulled a three. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Doo-doo butter either way. Uh, next one. I won't be around when this check clears. Okay. Yeah, when he's shoving it down Brel's throat. Uh, next one. Mean Gene, how dare you criticize how I dress? I dress for the occasion, and this is a stupidest occasion, and I dress, of course, stupidestly. Stupidestly won't... Stupidestly would have to be the word. Jesse, this has to gotta be the hottest ticket in town. This thing has been sold out for weeks. I'm guessing it's Mean Gene and Jesse the Body Ventura. Sure is. Uh, it's Harley and me and you in the tree... (laughs) <laughs> when the guy's on the front of the Harley and he hits the brakes and the guy go fly, goes flying right in the tree. It's a good... Rip him! Rip him! Rip him! Come on, Randy. Let's go, Charlie. We're going to take on Jake Bullet. And Jake Bullet, infamously played by uh, Axe of Demolition. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, get ready like- the battle that no ropes can hold. no ropes and then the most probably most poignant quote listed here randy 
<laughs> Which is probably him at the bedside when Randy's sleeping. Taking a nap in a coma. Randy. <laughs> Do you think they were like, all right, man, we're going to name this guy Steve. No, no, no. I'm going to storyline. I can only remember one name at a time. We got to call him Randy. I've been feuding with Macho. That's true. Yeah, there you go. Any chance this lady here could be called Liz? <laughs> <laughs> we're going with Robin. Could we maybe bend a little bit on Elizabeth? Elizabeth. <laughs> um, couple other notable quotes for me. So, you know, all right, look it. If you have not seen the movie, which there's got, there could be possibly some people who haven't, all right? Premise of the movie, Hulk Hogan is playing Hulk Hogan, except his name is Rip. And Rip, basically he's on WWF television. He's even using the fucking winged eagle, eagle title. I mean, it's everything to a T at this moment. Oh, yeah. Um, mean Gene, Jesse the Body Ventura, and again, Acts of Demolition. And then you see him living his home life. He's just a happy guy. But then you got, uh, I think, man, something. Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller. You remember him from a lot of 80s and 90s movies? Right. Uh, and he is the owner of a network. And he says, this is what people want. Shows everybody a poster or a rip. And it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever the price is, I want them. Earlier, when I told you to go take a leak, he's trying to ask his staff. Give me ideas. How do we get him? This lady stands up, gives like about a 10 second presentation, and he goes, Miss Johnson, take a leak. And she grabs her shit and runs out of the room crying. I've never seen anybody fired that way, but apparently that's how he does it. There you go. And then they decide to go to the diviest, disgustingest fucking shitty bar ever that has tough guys just beat the fuck out of each other. One of the most notable people in there, Stan Hansen. Oh. Uh, yep, he, he's in the movie. And it's all the tough guys. It's the battle of the tough guys fighting it out. I love that he has Ordway and whatever the other guy's name is. That's I just love when he calls them. The two little dorky lackeys that, that uh, Brell, Kurt Fuller, can stand. The two lackeys. That'll, it's basically the fucking Stooges. Basically, Brell is Vince and Pat Patterson, <laughs> Patterson and Jerry and Briscoe. Briscoe are these two guys. <laughs> Holy shit. <clears throat> but it's funny. They go into the bathroom and they're talking shit and they're like, that waitress. Oh, my God. Did you see her? Oh, my God. These girls are disgusting. And this guy stands up over the thing and goes, look at these guys. We got tiny wankers. Later find out they're brother and sister, which is kind of funny. So them mocking him, mocking her in front of him was kind of funny. Uh, to the point where they come back in the bar later. Well, if it isn't the tiny wankers. I just fucking love that. I think that's better than Dookie. I think that's one of the funniest fucking lines. But then they're having the battle of the tough guys competition and Brell comes in with a better one. Mr. Brell, which one of yours is the favorite? All of them. They're all scum. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that one. Holy shit. Yep. I do remember that one. And then right after that line, boom, half a wall comes down because Zeus can do that shit. Comes in and he says, let him fight. And he picks up a waitress by her fucking face and throws her over on top of a table. No problem. It was the 80s. It was cool. You could do it back then. And... Wins the battle of the tough guys. He's now going to face Hulk Hogan or Rip. Rip. 
in what basically looked like the studio for what was WCW Saturday night. <laughs> it was a very tiny enclosed little studio. And the funny thing is it was kind of a, was it an octagon ring or six sided? It wasn't a four. It wasn't a regular. Yeah, I think it was like an impact or, ring. Yeah, it was different. And we all know how it ends, but, you know, I won't spoil it for you because if you haven't seen it, I'll let you have it. But uh, Brell loves to call Rip a jock ass. A jock ass. Jock it's just ass. such a, I don't, it, you're such a jock ass. It's like those last words. Um, good movie. It really isn't, but it's, but it's what we talked about this week. It's a wrestling movie. has to do with our show. I liked it, but guess what? We didn't write it, but next week. ODM is rewriting history a bit. Who remembers the Black Scorpion? Me neither. That's probably about it. That's probably about it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a perfect spot for crickets. But now ODM on our next week's top topic will be doing a fantasy booking. We're back at it. We've done a couple of them in the past. We did Nexus. We did uh, the March to WrestleMania 30. This one I'm excited to hear about. He's taking the reins, but also next week we'll be back talking about whatever the third anniversary brought us of Dynamite tonight, but really the fallout of Extreme Rules. Hopefully this uh, little bunny rabbit thing is over because uh, I'm losing patience. Not really. I just really am excited. I'm, that's hey, Good for you guys. You guys got me captivated. Good job, WWE. Good for you. Good job, Triple H. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. I do bid you a farewell. My name is The Professor, and as always, being that it is Season 5, ODM is going to leave us all with five words. Dark side of your mom. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Coming up on Season 4 of Dark Side of the Ring. We cover many topics this season, some less illustrious than others, but all topics that need to be discussed. This season on Dark Side of the Ring. Big Black Dawn, The Virgil Story. Babe in the Woods, Pages Three-Way. The Outstanding Career of Vacant. Cody Rhodes' Neck Tattoo. Marty Jannetty's STD History, Royd Rage Road, The Ryback Story, Small World, The Rise in Midget Pro Wrestling, Rainy Days, Sonny's Hit and Run, The Rise and Fall of AEW, and finally, You're Fucked Pal, Vince 
Laurenitis, and the Paralegal. This ad has been brought to you by In Your House Facebook page. Big Black Dong, The Virgil Story. Ha <laughs> ha